dun, 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 dun. I like our song. Oh, is that what you were singing? I was trying. Did it not come through that way? <laughs> no. That's probably because I can't hold a tune. So same. That makes same, sense. Same, 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 same. It's fine because I was just singing. Hello, everybody. Hi, welcome to Teachers Sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Nice. Could you imagine if we sang the whole time? Uh, I don't what think a, anybody would listen. We'd lose all of our oh, listeners. All of you would stop listening, I'm sure. Oh, I would stop listening. I, would, I wouldn't edit I our, think... our episodes. <laughs> say, sorry, there are, I'm done here. There are certain times where I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want to listen to myself today. Uh, and other times I do listen to it myself. So. <laughs> if I were to be singing, not a chance. <laughs> Guys, it might rain today. Ooh. Just throwing it out there. But in Arizona, when it rains and it's this hot, it's sticky. It is very sticky. Like Florida sticky. Ooh, Florida. No way. It's only 32% humidity. Uh, it's not end of world, but it's still uh, sticky. quite hot. <laughs> I hope we get a really good monsoon season. There was a nice breeze while we were sitting outside this morning. Not when we were sitting in that nook. I was so wetting. Oh, there majorly. was a point where there was some breeze. There was a little through. bit. Yeah, we were like in the tunnel. Yeah, I was like, please, air. <laughs> I was dying of heat stroke. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Welcome to where we talk about random things that random. make no sense to you, mm-hmm. unless you live in Arizona and then you can totally relate. <laughs> some of you are like, yeah, it's. 70 degrees and beautiful. I'm like, oh, sorry. I forgot to turn on. Do not disturb. Uh, do not disturb. It was Anna. Hi, Anna Jackson. Oh, we just had breakfast with her. We did. It was wonderful. It was fantastic. We were there for three hours. <laughs> no hate. Were we actually? Yeah. 11. We went oh, at 830. Right. Now it's noon. It was awesome. We got to catch up with her, hear about her engagement. Yes. It was really exciting. We're all approaching that time in our lives. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Who knows? By the time this airs, maybe. <gasps> Just maybe. What if? Oh, my God. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Some lady, like, shot me down yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking. I went to a student's dance recital. So good. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I have to say it once. Always. An episode. But uh, she was like, so like what makes you think that david's gonna propose to you on this trip i was like um because we'll be in italy well because we're in italy and we've been together for a long time and i mean it's like the opportunity of a lifetime i don't know like don't crush my dreams yeah but hey if it doesn't happen we're going to hawaii in december so there's another shot Mm, yeah we love to travel with our families (laughs) (laughs) you guys are lucky yeah we definitely uh take advantage of those when we can oh yeah and luckily both of our families enjoy doing things so that's nice (laughs) big fan big Big fan fan. yeah so by the time this airs i will not be in the united states i will be (gasps) you know what else this episode is (gasps) it is our one year anniversary is it actually of the podcast and it just dawned on me (gasps) we need like little you want cheers or water bottles oh cheers cheers. happy Uh, one year oh you're leaking i'm leaking that's fine it's fine i'm gonna clean that up later oh you can probably hear my straw it's a year we made it a full year just congrats to us i should put in like sound effects yay little sparklers we should have gotten you know what i almost bought yesterday those little poppers that you check on the ground like a love those i should have done that <laughs> they were like two dollars where were oh. you at uh safeway oh. i was this close and i was like i love those things because <laughs> one year it was the year before you went in nantucket uh-huh. we were staying those of you that are familiar with nantucket <laughs> maybe you could have been a witness to this but we were staying in this like apartment above 
oh, kind of we like the town it, square yeah. area and we had windows that we could open and it was above a restaurant and we would chuck those things downstairs and put it like in front of people walking on the sidewalk and let me tell you the best two dollars <laughs> ever spent ever like talk about pure entertainment you're the people that i hate yes <laughs> yeah dude it was so fun oh i would gosh. do it too bad i don't live on like a two-story yeah building i'm like pop 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 just aim but anyway ready aim fire happy anniversary Yay, at sky Skeller. we made it that's amazing teachers talk for life <laughs> don't ever do that I hated again. that. I hated that. She did one of those fists, fists to the chest. Fist to heart. <laughs> she did fine. the two bumps and then peace, peace sign. sign. I'll record it. What we do mm-hmm. in, uh, what was that, fifth grade maybe? Sixth oh, grade? Oh, I used to do that in like Bible camp. Oh. Because we went to CCV, so you'd make a C. Interesting. And you say CCV and do it all over your heart. Oh. We used to do one of these. Oh my god. <laughs> We're not allowed to be on the air anymore. I'm taking us off. <laughs> this is where we end. Oh gosh. It's been a so great one run. year. We're good. <laughs> Bye guys. It was nice. Oh no, you things all. are only getting better from here. I hear that. I feel like we've come a really far way this past year. I think so. We've learned a lot. We have learned a lot about podcasting you. Yeah, I'm still learning. Like technology wise, but also Oy. just finding like what it is that we want to talk about. Yeah, finding our niche. I think we've begun to get I, there. I agree. Slash are almost wholeheartedly there. I do believe that. And I yeah. feel like because of our podcast, I've I actually we've both like studied so much oh yeah this year between our masters obviously mm-hmm. and just reading books that are interesting to us like mm-hmm. we've come so far in our teaching careers and I yeah. really do believe like we are better teachers because of this podcast yeah which I've is had to awesome. definitely push myself to read more not that I don't enjoy reading I just find that because I'm so busy with other things that when it comes time to reading I'm like I just want to relax sit and relax but it's pushed me to read more than I have before and I'm I'm proud of us I'm proud of you I'm proud of you I'm proud of me you've killed all of it social media every episode this is a team effort it is a team effort no we do not give me more credit than credit (laughs) is due for real you have done more than you know give so. you more credit <laughs> don't even if you say it I still do it I give <laughs> you more credit I will say though like the Instagram I think is the hardest part of yeah. the podcast is keeping just because yeah like we could talk about a million things you mm-hmm. know and like finding topics of interest it doesn't seem to be difficult for us like yeah. we find things that we are passionate about and yeah. that we enjoy talking about and our conversations like at least in my opinion, some of our listeners could disagree, but like I enjoy our conversations and I think they're worthwhile, but I mean, even if it, even if, you know, no one's listening, it's still good to talk. It's still two friends talking about teacher things to like better ourselves. So, you know, if you do listen and if you tell other people to listen, that's amazing and that's what we want, but it's also just two best friends having conversations. It's like therapeutic in a way, but it's also like, I get to synthesize information and like mm-hmm. really process it yeah. because I have to talk about it. Exactly. So, that's and huge. Just the Instagram portion of it is more like you can't really post a picture 
of like today's topic of right impulses so right. it's like yeah that is so hard. if you have feedback for us like what do you want to see on our instagram because like yeah. we have a niche in the podcast world like i really do believe that we're doing really good things here but like you could help us find our niche on Instagram. That'd be great so because <laughs> I, like we just kind of post whatever is happening in our lives yeah, and we try and hard. like find opportunities. Like I will go live probably like today or tomorrow. Mm. Oh, this is going to air later. Yeah. I probably will have gone live by now on yeah. all of the procedures for the classroom because I know that you guys were wanting that, but nice. Yeah. I just, we'll find our place we in will. Instagram. We I will. feel like it helps us grow. Yeah. We're just going to keep going. We're just, yeah. We're going to keep chugging along and learning. And, and if you're sick of it, then I apologize. But <laughs> never. Never. Yeah. I do want to find some like sponsors. So if you guys know things about like podcasting world and all that kind of stuff, I know that like, I would also love to find someone to edit our stuff. <laughs> I will pay you because <laughs> the last episode that we just did, like, that one was a little rough. Well, that's because your mic was off. My mic was not or working. Or whatever was happening. But yeah, I do have some things that the woman I work for right now has some ideas that I'll have to share about <gasps> how to get like more sponsorship and stuff like that. Wait, she knows. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's not really anything cool. crazy, but just thing like steps that we can take. Dude, it's the so. little things that count for sure. But little yeah. steps. I feel um, like we've talked a lot. We have. Should we tell our listeners about what's going on today we should probably get into what we're talking about today. okay 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 our one year anniversary our episode is due to no it's run by skylar that's what i should say <laughs> it's, it's run due by to skylar me. <laughs> it's due skylar is running the ship today um yeah so i how many episodes ago was it i don't even know now that i did the first part of this Oh gosh. I'd have to look at the schedule, but, um, what I am going to talk about today is a continuation of the book that I read about the impulsive disorganized child. So the first episode was just that two chapters of like, what is executive functioning and how does it affect a child? Uh, this book goes into a lot of in the classroom at home, in the community, how executive functioning, um, is affected in those areas but if you didn't listen to that first episode I would definitely listen to that one so that you can kind of follow along with this one yeah so that one was um our 45th episode titled executive functioning so it should be three prior to this one cool yeah so the book that I read slash am reading I read a little bit more of it but this is just another two chapters in the book which is, is pretty incredible that you can write like an entire episode based yeah, off of two chapters. It is. And it, it, I really do. I do like this book a lot. I'm just struggling to get the reading done just because it's summer job and everything. But I have been enjoying it. And I hope you guys have as well. Like the last episode at least. I will say I did hear feedback from this one from one oh, of our former parents. Yeah. And she loved the episode. Yeah. She said it was like just really helpful and yeah. for me it was really helpful mm -hmm. just because I don't always recognize executive functioning weaknesses yes. in students and so it was nice to like finally understand what mm -hmm. was happening with yeah. some of my students and how to help them yeah so the book is titled the impulsive disorganized child it's solutions for parenting kids with executive functioning difficulties um it's by James W. Forgan 
and Mary Ann Ritchie. So again, I did the first two chapters in this in the last episode, but the the next two chapters, so chapter three is about holding back impulses. So it's now it's starting to dive into specific executive functioning skills. Ooh, you could do this forever. Impulses is the next one. And then working memory. So keeping information in the working memory. I'm so serious when I say this, like... You finish your sentence. I was just saying both of these skills have to do with executive functioning. Right. Go. (laughs) Can you do like no joke? And I know it'll take forever because I did. Like I wanted to do something similar with gentle discipline. But Mm -hmm. like I would love to see an episode with every one of those chapters. Because for me as a teacher, it's like helping children in those areas can be so like we just don't talk about it enough and we just don't know what to or how to approach it so I would love and to hear more about every chapter ends or towards the end has a suggestions for teachers section for every chapter so I did act kind of accidentally in the last episode go over the impulse control suggestions so I did state those in the last episode I will just do I think one of them in this episode because I've already read that part okay but I really love how this book is laid out because it the first two chapters like I said go into just what executive functioning is and then the next like chapters let me look at the beginning the next chapters are all different executive functioning skills so you have like today's impulse control so impulses keeping information in the working memory then you have chapter five shifting being flexible regulating emotion Mm -hmm. chapter six focusing on self-monitoring chapter Mm. seven organization chapter eight time management chapter nine taking action chapter 10 sustaining effort chapter 11 planning problem solving goal setting and using critical thinking and then 12 is children with two homes so i think that has you know so again i haven't gotten to those yet because i'm like really diving into these chapters but how do you feel about jumping around would you like to read it consecutively like cover to cover Uh, honestly I could probably get this if I can just sit down and focus for (laughs) two hours I'm sure I could get a lot more read but um I would love to hear the chapter on um organization yeah because at least in my experience that's like Mm -hmm. something for me that is really hard to teach because it comes so naturally yeah and it's just like I don't understand why you're not organized. It's so hard when you see a child that is unorganized. You're like, can't you just put this paper in this place? Like that's where it belongs. Right. So I would love tips on like how to help kids. I will definitely get into that. That's, that's my feedback. My vote. (laughs) We can make a vote. Like what chapter, like I did for gentle discipline. discipline. We can do what chapter people want to hear. Vote chapter seven. But like whatever (laughs) you want. Whatever you want. Okay, so today we'll get into impulses, like I said, and then working the um, difficulty in working memory. Honestly, if it takes too long to get through just impulses, maybe I'll just table chapter four for another time. Okay, yeah. So I'll, you let, I'll me let you know what time it is when you get, just look at me when you get through chapter three. And cool. We'll go from there. I do like each chapter because it starts out with a quote and then it helps, uh, starts out with a self-reflection survey. It's mostly for parents, um, but there's usually like four or five questions that it's like, so for this one, it says at school, my child gets in trouble or requires disciplinary action. And then you're supposed to circle one once a day or more once a week. It's like a survey for parents mm-hmm. to figure out like 
is my child struggling with impulse control? That's nice. Cause then I, if you're a parent, you could be like, Oh, they're fine on this one and go to the and next go chapter. To the next, yeah. So I liked this quote at the beginning of this chapter. It says, it's not about being the best. It's about being better than you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's from an unknown person, but I did really like that. Mm, that's like a quote that could go up in the classroom oh, for sure. Sure. Yeah. So the first part is just breaking down. How do you know if your child has difficulty with holding back impulses mm-hmm. so these are kind of the um i don't want to say characteristics but things that if you notice this coming from your child it's most likely because they have struggled with their impulses okay. so one interrupts frequently the next moves constantly says things without thinking engages in name calling hits impulsively melts down quickly and or cries must have wants or needs met immediately or causes a disturbance tries to run away from you when upset frustrates easily tears breaks or throws things when mad and then yells at others when upset see it's just so interesting when you read those things Mm -hmm. off because like my mind just you know, like it, it centers on the, like the one student that I could have helped. Helped. Yeah. 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 And it's even like I had a student this year on the spectrum and he obviously he struggled with a lot of these things. So I think it did come, you know, his autism was also uh, his executive functioning skills also went with his like autism. Right. I should say. Right. Yeah. So it says what is impulse control i think we all have a pretty good idea of what Mm -hmm. that is but the authors kind of break it down it's a big red stop sign keeping a person from behaving or acting rash in a in a thoughtless manner so it's the ability to have impulse control yeah when you are able to control your impulses it means you have that big red sign in Mm. your head that says no probably shouldn't do this it's that moment to really stop think consider weigh other options and make sure that whatever you're doing it's safe to go ahead even as an adult i struggle with that at times yeah and we all do i think we all i i me personally i've learned more about myself in order to hold back like not impulses, but more just like thoughts of like, my gosh, this person hates me because they looked at me like that. Whereas Mm. now I'm kind of like, eh, that's probably on them. I'm Mm -hmm. good. Whatever it is. Like, I don't think I did anything wrong, but yeah. It's so funny because I think my biggest impulse control issue is my ability to hold back my thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) I just kind of like talk. Spew it out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I need to be more cognizant of what I'm going to say before I say it. I know. I reflect back on a lot of things I say and I'm like, wow, I probably shouldn't have said that. Right. In that that kind of way, like in, you didn't intend for it to be. Yeah. And it's not until it came off. It's not until I think about it. And a day later, I'm like, I should probably apologize for saying it in that way or right about, yeah whatever and then the person be. always comes back they're like no I did not read into it like that and you're oh, like yeah okay good cool same <laughs> love that yeah the ability to hold back impulses is key is a key building block to other executive functioning skills again it's just one of those uh skills within executive functioning it requires the person to really assess a number of variables very quickly so they lay the authors lay out these questions which I'm sure in our brains these are things we think about before saying or doing things. Mm. Do I need to respond to this stimulation or situation? So something happens, do I need to respond to right. it? Is it my is it on me? If I need to respond to it, what is the appropriate response? When do I need to respond? Right now, in 5 minutes, tomorrow? How do I expect my planned response or how yeah, how do I expect my planned response will affect the people around me? 
Do I have enough information to respond or should I find out more or ask more questions? Is this situation me? Mm-hmm. Is this situation making me feel emotional? In what way? Mm-hmm. How does that emotion affect what I'm about to do? That's a hard one to it's process. It's a very hard one, and for a child, that right. does not happen. Right, it does not happen for them to say, "Hmm, how do I respond emotionally to that?" Or will my emotions affect the right. people around me? Again, like we, yeah. there's so much that goes into holding back an yeah. impulse, and no one's perfect at it. No. But you are also not born with knowing how to do it. You are not born with the ability to hold back an impulse. It mm-hmm. is a learned skill. Right. And I think as teachers, we need to like understand that with our students, yes. especially when I think the first thing that comes to my mind for impulse control is calling, calling out, out, right? Yeah. Like it is not a having natural, the ability to mm-hmm. raise your hand and it's not natural. And in the adult world, we don't raise our hand to yeah. speak. And, and it's, it's hard to it, remember it that It is sometimes. a learned skill. And even just at this summer camp that I'm at, when we did the four to seven year olds and there are four and five year olds who are raising their hands but also shouting out while they're raising their hands and I'm like you're you're getting there (laughs) you have halfway there but I need you to stop and wait for me to call on you right so then then you can say what you need to say and it really does it depends on siblings you know if you for me personally I feel like I don't shout out things or whatever because I'm used to being around so many people I have Mm -hmm. three siblings and not that I can't speak my mind but I'm probably just used to other like people processing like and saying things so yeah. I just I'm more of a listener than a see that's speaker. so funny because in my immediate family life like uh-huh. I am like the more passive out of the three girls yeah. like I they they talk way more than mm-hmm. I do in my opinion at least like in my childhood and mm-hmm. as I've become an adult like I've spoken out more but like in places where like I'm the most comfortable like school and around friends yeah. like I'm very outspoken. <laughs> yeah. I think and that's where like with you and I and our relationship, yeah. you're I you are the outspoken one yeah. and I'm the one that like agree I agree with, with you and with everything and I would love to find the same word. <laughs> everything? Not everything. But like, you know what I mean? No, for like, sure. Like I very much agree with you and I'm like, yeah, I'm all on board with what she said. What she said. <laughs> touche, or not yeah, touche. Like, just like what is it called? Pointing, ditto. 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 Whatever she said. I agree with that. Retweet, retweet. But I just feel like you are so good with your words, whereas oh, I feel like you. I stutter and things you like do that. Not. You no. And I'm getting better at it. I'm practicing. But with our relationship, I feel like you are the more outspoken one. And I appreciate it because that's very kind. I agree with what you say. (laughs) Although I disagree with what you're saying, but (laughs) I I appreciate that. That's very kind. Yeah. So that is kind of just the section on like what impulse control is. Mm -hmm. Again, I feel like we all have a pretty good idea as teachers what you see, but I will go into like what it looks like in a school setting. This is just the developmental context of it, of impulse control. Self-discipline in the form of inhibit oh I was like I'm gonna say this word right inhibitory yeah yeah. so self-discipline in the form of inhibitory control starts developing gradually toward the middle to the end of a child's first year of life yeah like so a one-year-old that self-discipline in that form okay It gradually increases as understanding and language skills develop. Language is actually one of the key elements in acquiring impulse control. Interesting. So that's why when you see students, ELL learners Mm -hmm. who are ELL students who don't necessarily speak English, 
sometimes they lash out because they have a hard time the words yet they don't have the words to uh express what they're feeling Mm. again that gradually that um control gradually increases as a child starts to develop language skills there's also some consensus that true self-control is evident at two years old when many children can start to comply with adult directives so a two-year-old can take those sometimes you know maybe one step at a time but Mm -hmm. they can listen and follow directions or they're capable of doing it at that age There is on, let me see, I have it marked, on page 41 of this book, there's kind of just the overall guidelines for impulse control development. So at four to five years, um, it has like just a scenario, I think. So it can delay, can delay eating a treat, can keep an arbitrary rule in mind and follow it to produce a response that differs from their natural instinct. So at four to five years old, they are capable of responding against their natural instinct wait can you show me the page i need a visual okay so this is four to five year olds yeah, so they can so they can look at a tree in front of them and not eat it right away yes is what they're saying at four to five so mm-hmm. i can expect my second grader to not eat the donut that i place in, front of, placing in front of them okay yes okay. and uh, have you ever seen those videos yes. of the parents testing yes. them that's I that age love group those so okay. yeah it said they can delay in eating a treat and knowing that they need to follow the directions gotcha. pretty much. Then it says six to nine year olds are more internal in thinking and more adept, adapt to controlling monetary impulses. Momentary, not monetary. I was like, Sorry. hold on. Wait, can sense. you repeat it? Yes. A Only because this nine, is our age group. Yeah. A six to nine years old, they are more internal in thinking mm-hmm. and more adept at controlling momentary impulses. Okay. So basically a six to nine year old should be able to control more of their impulses. To to be able to not call out. Yes. That's where just my mind goes, right? Like they, a second, they are internal in thinking. Okay. But they're, they're more able to control a momentary impulse. Gotcha. So like, that's why a majority of our class doesn't shout out. Gotcha. But you have those five students that cannot, that cannot do it they have to like they have to say what's on their mind then 10 to 12 years old they become more flexible in thinking and they're able to switch between a central focus like driving and a peripheral stimuli that may need attention such as pedestrians so i think that's just an example i'm guessing of like when you're driving you're using your like peripherals when you're you're driving you're you're taking into account everything yes yeah whereas when you're young you're just like whatever's in front of me right mm-hmm. now that's how I understood it can I ask you a question that's a little off tangent but yes. like David and I were talking about it the other day yeah do you have a voice like do you narrate your thoughts in your head I think so okay yeah. because same you know how I like always talk out loud when I'm yeah doing things yeah that's because like in my head like I narrate my thoughts, mm-hmm. but David does not and I like watched this video that said it was like 24 percent of people narrate their thoughts in their head whereas other people are more visual like they see things interesting versus like because i'm trying to think like when i go for a run i'm like talking to myself in my head thank you thank you (laughs) yes that's what i'm saying i'm like this is how my brain works like Mm. so let us know listeners 24 (laughs) percent 
I don't know if that's the correct number, but like I was so most people baffled. A lot of people don't. I don't know if it's flip flopped, but there's like a percentage of people that narrate their thoughts uh-huh. and then like another percentage that visualizes their thoughts oh. like if you're telling like for me for example I'm like okay I need to go to the grocery store in my head yeah whereas like apparently other people visualize like them going to the grocery store and I was like wait so you don't like what? talk to yourself <laughs> that's, your what, that's what I'm saying <gasps> oh, like man. I the am flabbergasted is... like full-blown you know what else fascinates me? What? Mul- uh, bilingual or like multilingual oh, people. Yeah, 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 I yeah, always yeah. want to know what language they're yeah, thinking. Same. Like, always. where does your mind go? Like, yeah. How does that work? Like, are you doing Spanish halftime? Like, yeah. Are you, like, when someone speaks English, are you translating in your head in yes. Spanish? I love to Fascinated. know that. Fascinated. It's so cool. Fascinated. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, that's different. But. Love it. Yes, I do think I narrate. I, I talk to myself in my head. 100%. Same. <laughs> um, let's see. Where did I go? You were on page 41. 41. Yeah. So I'm going to read just a blurb on the next page that talks kind of just about specific parts of the brain because, again, this is just the developmental context. It says... How does a child's brain prepare itself to make good choices? One of the features in the development of the brain's frontal lobe, where much of the executive functioning is seated, Mm. is a process called myelination. Myelin is a fatty sheath that serves to insulate the bundles of axons that connect different parts of the brain. So myelin is a fatty sheath that serves as an insulate that bundles, sorry, to insulate Mm-hmm. the bundles of axons again i'm not a psychologist or a, not psychologist a brain a surgeon yeah <laughs> so that same. part doesn't fully make sense to me but this insulation helps improve the brain's processing speed with development continuing into the mid-20s so, so are there just like people lobe. that don't have a whole lot of brain insulation and henceforth that's why it's difficult for them to have impulse control uh yeah so i mean I'll, I'll read there so again Makes sense. there's executive <laughs> functioning skills some like i said last time yeah, sometimes you can tell genetic. when you meet the parents you're mm-hmm. like oh yes yeah and not like it's a bad thing but no, like it totally sometimes makes sense. you can fully understand where that child's like fascinating maybe not impulse control but like organization of thoughts and things like that um it says control (laughs) (laughs) let's see there was another part i wanted to read it says scientists believe that the loss of synapses synapses as a child matures is a part of the process by which the brain becomes more efficient although genes play a role in the decline of synapses Animal research has shown that experience also shapes the decline. Synapses exercised by experience survive and are strengthened while others are pruned away. So basically what it's saying is you need to provide your child with as many new experiences as possible. Yes. It says this suggests that after about age five and again after about age 12, areas that aren't utilized begin to diminish. To us, this means that children with EF difficulties may be at a particular risk to lose the very neural connections they need for executive functioning. Put in another way, it's important to continue to help our children flex their muscles in areas like impulse control, organization, and memory, even if we don't see immediate results. So kind of that motto of like use it or lose it. Yeah. That's those neural connections that need to be made. Can I just say? Yes. Um, I'm really grateful mm-hmm. that we are 
in the spot that we are as professional teachers uh-huh. um reading this literature now before we have kids before because uh, like shout out to parents out mm-hmm. there holy cow yeah. I guess like I just and I feel like so many people are in my position like you don't understand how much really goes into parenting until yep. you become one mm-hmm. and or you read about milestones and what yes. you need to do to hit certain things and expose your child I had no idea why people were taking their child to the zoo and the yeah. aquarium and the science center like I just yeah. thought it was for fun, for fun yeah but like, no this no, is you to, like to expose, expose your child expose them to anything and everything obviously that's developmentally appropriate right. but even like I think of as for parents like the amounts of the amount of things you have to know yeah. about a child yeah. or that I'm sorry that you should know about a child before you have children yeah. or even I was talking to Matt's cousin and um she has two babies mm-hmm. twins and like you can't have honey until a certain age and, and avocado stuff like and that, it's like right? avocado like there's certain things that they, oh like, they just can't have up until this age and I'm like oh my gosh there's so much that goes into I should start reading those books raising a child <laughs> so again parents like shout out to you for out. getting your child thus far my goodness and keeping them alive and healthy yeah, yeah. Like, it is not it's like no joke we we normalize parenting like it's just like no big deal yeah that's a that's a lie and it's so easy for us teachers to be like well I wouldn't parent that way yeah because we don't know we aren't parents and I find myself like thinking that way and then I have to take a step back and be like I am not a parent so I cannot make that decision or know what it's like to make that decision there is so much and I really do I try to put myself in that place so there are times where I'm like no I would never make that decision do you ever think like how did your parents do it like I think about that all the time yeah like my parents only raised like three and this is not to toot my own horn yeah. but like three pretty darn good kids yeah. right like Maddie's making do in New York yeah. Kennedy's making do in California like I'm I, say, I, I mean, found my spot in life yeah that's like how did you how did you do that I ask I mean I think about my mom who had we're all essentially a year and a half apart my mom had four babies oh in six years. Holy cow. So that means cow. that she had like babies in diapers, babies walk. <gasps> I'm like, how did you manage no. four no children? Way. And I mean, I don't have the best, obviously the best memory, but like, I don't think, I don't remember having like a nanny right. at all. I'm pretty sure. My yeah. My mom, I think my mom was a stay at home mom for a little while, okay. but still like how? to keep children from not oh my gosh. killing themselves yeah is insane. well first you have to worry about like helping them to survive like yeah. basic needs and then you have to expose them to things and then like yeah. you have to like make sure that they're doing the right amount of tummy time and back time and yeah and all that <sighs> i need to start reading up on how to be a parent now <laughs> even though it's like it's yeah at least it's in like the of, distant future that's what these books i mean i would like to read that after actually i'll just hear it from you on here yes you're my but you should read the part about the in-home because i do okay. i skip all the in-home parts okay. and just do the school context okay. there's a lot of parts that are in the home shoot i didn't need to so, read that. okay cool. yeah good to know parents anyway, if you want it let us know let's get back to Whole another part impulse control <laughs> speaking of impulse control that i do not have <laughs> So impulse control in the school. Again, there are sections on impulse control at home and in the community, but just for the sake of time, I have just done the section on school because I know most of us are teachers here. 
Parents and teachers can introduce what's called the incompatible behaviors to help a child learn how to master his impulses. Step one, identify the trigger. Notice precisely when the impulse behavior happens. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of ties back with even love and logic or Mm -hmm. any behavior planned, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You need to identify why it's happening or when exactly it's happening. So when does Johnny, nope. Jimothy, Timothy, Jimothy, Jimothy. <laughs> when does Jimothy shout out the most? It's during history. Mm. Okay. We've figured out that trigger. Step two is designing a solution that physically presents, prevents that child from acting on the impulses physically, physically. So these are the How? two examples that they give. If your child has a problem calling out in the classroom, suggest that she sit with a pencil or pen gently pressed against her closed lips. This will serve as a physical reminder not to blurt out an answer or speak out of turn. So again, not chewing on anything, but it's a physical, like I'm leaving my pen on my lip so that it doesn't. So I know like if I need to say something, I'm like, wait, my pen's there. I shouldn't. It's just like mm-hmm. a little physical, a physical reminder. reminder. Another example, if your child has a hard time keeping his hands to himself when he's in line, remind him to walk with his hands clasped in front of him or in his pockets. It will obviously be much harder for a child to hit somebody else if their hands aren't free. Mm-hmm. So that's like if you have a any child that has some sort of impulse on hitting whatever, they can't hit anyone if they have something in their hand. I mean, that's right. not true. They can hit someone if they have something right. in their hand, but it's less likely. A physical. I was going to say the hardest part of this is like to get them to remember to do exactly. that physical act. But if they're aware of it and they're aware of that impulse, it's like... They're going to identify it I think it you more. can talk about it. Be like, I noticed that you cannot help but to shout out during history let's try this Mm -hmm. let's try if I will let you just put your pen on your mouth don't Mm -hmm. chew it but just put your pen on your mouth and when you have something you want to say remember that your pen is there and you can't shout it out so that's how I saw that but right well, and I, I see how you could tie this into the CPS model that we just talked about mm-hmm. in the last few episodes, like yeah. sitting down with them, finding the trigger or the like unsolved problem, right? Mm-hmm. Which is impulse control. Yeah. And then like, hey, do you have a suggestion? Because if not, I'm like, yeah. I got ideas. Exactly. <laughs> and on honestly, a lot of the times when they act out, it's because they're frustrated totally. on some level because yeah. of their executive functioning difficulties. Mm-hmm. They may feel that they're not as smart as the people around them and in their minds, Sometimes it's look, it looks hmm. better to have a behavior problem than to feel or look stupid. Which breaks my heart. It does. It, it hurts because they think like maybe if I'm the funny one or yeah. if I act out this way, yeah. people won't see that I don't know this information because yeah. their executive functioning skills aren't there. And I feel like that only grows as children get older. I like know, you see that. Hard. Like I've seen students in our second grade class that really didn't struggle with fine. like that class clown thing. Yeah. But, like they did struggle academically or what have you. Mm-hmm. And, and and it catches like, up with them. And then it just catches up with them. And mm-hmm. like you see them start to become the class clown. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like rein it back. Like we're, we're here for you. We're supporting you. Yep. Like we're going to do what we can. And it, it's hard to like watch go down, especially when like, you know, they have like all the potential in the world and yes. they're capable of so much. It's like, don't lose sight. Yeah. Don't lose sight of that. Yeah. Like we're going to get you there. Just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't, don't be the class be, clown don't be the person that acts out impulsively yeah. because then other humor. students other students notice that yeah. as well that's also why like children who act impulsively they struggle to make friends mm. and keep friends at any age they haven't even developed the ability to consider consequences of an action including how 
they can make others Mm -hmm. feel again yeah if you can't control that impulse you also probably have a hard time understanding other perspectives and remembering a consequence I think I don't I think I say it in another point maybe not but it did in the book mention that people or children with executive functioning difficulties have a hard time um Oh, it's actually, sorry. It's in the next chapter. That's why. Because it's on, it's all on like working memory and keeping mm-hmm. things in your memory. And students who have struggle with executive functioning can't keep consequences in their memory. Interesting. So they might remember that they got in trouble for it, right. but like that impulse doesn't allow them to think about that consequence before they act. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I... I went over, like I said last time, I went over the suggestions for teachers. I will just state a couple of them. I was going to say, can we just do it again? Yeah. I'm not going to read all of them. I think I just wrote down the ones that I like. Okay. But in the last episode, I read every single one of them. Here are some strategies for teachers. One of them being self-talk. So Mm. talking to yourself to empower a child to work through emotions without reacting on them. When a child encounters a situation that leads to negative emotions, provide words to help them work through the situation by naming that emotion and give solutions for dealing with the problem. I like what you said one time. I can't remember what episode it was, but you said you like to ask like where, like where, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where on where you your body, like, do you feel that emotion mm-hmm. in your stomach and your heart and your brain? Like, mm-hmm. where do you feel that emotion? I think that helps to pinpoint it, but then you should also help a child by providing them the words mm-hmm. so or like, visuals or visuals, yeah, visuals if they're, a big especially one with executive functioning. Yeah. I think visuals are very, very helpful, but pinpointing yeah. and giving them the words for that yes. emotion, I think yeah. is very helpful. I think that was one of the biggest things is one of my girls like didn't know what emotion she was feeling and mm-hmm. therefore act out impulsively Yeah, because she just didn't really, she mm-hmm. didn't have the words. Yeah. And so finally when we started putting like, I mean, it's the simple faces, right? Mm-hmm. Like the sad face, the crying face, whatever, what have you. Mm-hmm. And then like putting them into zones, she was yeah. able to identify them, which yeah. was, Huge. I think, yeah, a really big part of solving problems. And a lot of it comes from when even parents will admit they're like, I am not an emotional person. Mm -hmm. So when they are emotional, I just shut it down. And it's hard, you know, even Mm -hmm. as adults, if you know, if you're aware of being either an emotional or non-emotional person and your child is like, not like that they're opposite of you it's very challenging because you're like I don't know how to deal with it so I just don't want like stop crying pretty much or stop feeling and that's when you shut down whatever emotion it is that they're feeling then -hmm. they can't comprehend what it is that they're feeling they can't understand why they're feeling that way and that's where these impulses come from yeah the next one is just pretty basic (laughs) like good teaching practice yeah engaging lessons that are <laughs> stories yeah. like telling stories yeah. like children learn better when it's a story being told AKA, again don't read out of a textbook yeah please that's oh, just a, i think that's just a general good practice but yes. especially with students with impulses or um just executive functioning difficulties engaging lessons where stories are involved are very helpful make yeah. the child feel that he and his teacher are a team Use questions like, how can we make Mm. this easier to understand? Don't make the child feel like it is their problem. How can we, what problem, Mm -hmm. what solution, kind of same thing with your episodes. Yeah, plan B, coming up with something together. So Mm -hmm. 
you're feeling this emotion. How can we make this better? Not mm-hmm. what are you going to do right. to make it better? Which is what we do like with love and logic, right? Like, well, yeah, but, but that's, that's like more, solving problems. That's solving which problems. Is this is, I think, more emotional, emotion, mm-hmm. emotional, emotionally related. Yeah. yeah. You, you want to help them understand their feelings. Right. Also being aware of triggers and warning signs that may cause the child emotional regulation difficulties. Again, if you're noticing these different impulses that I listed off at the beginning, helping them be aware of it as well. And then you understanding when in the day it's happening or where you notice it's more difficult for them. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say one thing that helped me with that this year because I could not for the life of me identify where one of my students was like missing something Mm -hmm. um those of you that have been through a teacher's college you're familiar with maslow's hierarchy of needs that's a big one because i was able to identify like looking at the bottom tier of just basic needs Mm -hmm. i noticed that one of my students wasn't getting um enough food and so she was not able to sustain herself throughout the day so like upon feeding her we saw much more success yeah and obviously there's so much more detail that goes into it than just that but like being aware of that hierarchy of needs Mm -hmm. in my opinion helps you identify like what could possibly be going on Mm -hmm. especially if sleep and food and safety are not on the list of priorities in their life currently Mm -hmm. so that's one thing to look out for definitely and then the last one that I wanted to put in here that was from the previous episode was developing a cue that only you and the student knows Mm -hmm. again if they are acting or not acting out but an impulse, whatever it might be, if they're shouting out during class, having that one little like ear tug mm-hmm. or nose tap or whatever it might be, that's not obvious, right? but you and the child have discussed it and said, if I tap on my nose, that means like, I need you to not like shout out yeah. during a lesson, whatever it might be. And then the other one, just preparing ahead of time for any situations where, you know, it might be hard for them to control their impulses. The lunch, or I say lunch center, the What's our fine art center, the media center. I don't know. I don't know wherever people put on a theater, theater. <laughs> wherever you like go what for your multi-purpose assembly? room. Is that what they call them? No, the multi-purpose room. I thought, I thought that was the room, at least in my elementary, it was like the cafeteria slash the gym. stage. Oh, <laughs> our gym was our cafeteria. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know. That was elementary school, though. That was a multi-purpose so. room. Anyway. How funny. Anytime well, you know sense. any out of the ordinary things, an assembly, whatever, mm-hmm. prepare them ahead of time for, hey, I know it's going to be hard to hold back our impulses, but now's a really good time to practice. Like, show me that you can do it, whatever it might be. Yeah. You could even yeah. make your cue, like, for the physical barrier, like, biting your pencil, like, yeah. putting your pencil in your mouth so that yeah. they remember to do it. Exactly. I always do, like, the raised hand. Thing, but that's more like that's more nah, not aggressive it's not nonchalant like it's it's obvious because I'm like <laughs> raise your hand, hand. <laughs> yeah but like I think maybe biting the pencil would be mm-hmm. like if you especially if you've spoken to the child just like yeah bite the pencil whenever they remember that yeah. that they need to do that at that time but yeah so that's what I have on just impulses there's obviously a section on impulses in the community which has to do mostly with like sport like if a child lacks um impulse control in sports things like that wow um safety reasons but yeah that's I feel like I I like what you're doing with relating it only to school because that's more digestible for myself exactly it just kind of helps wrap my brain around like what I need to do as the child's educator Mm -hmm. but 
like if parents are listening and they want us to do something on in the home it, yeah. at home like maybe we can but and I the like biggest thing too that the authors said in this book is as a parent the biggest thing you can do is communicate with your teacher and give it this so this is yes. a parenting book and it says give these suggestions to your child's teacher yes whereas I'm reading them for myself but they do say you know, if you know that your child struggles with executive functioning, whether it be impulse control, whether it be um, memory, organization, anything, it is so important to communicate that to your teacher. And I know we said that last time. If I were to find out at the beginning of the year, this student struggles with this ex- executive functioning skill, right off the bat, I can help them with it. Yes. So, well, and one of our listeners reached out to me mm-hmm. when you did your last episode. Yeah. Um, and she said... Where is it? Let's see. Oh, she's she noticed that her child has a hard time writing and her retention on information is great. Mm-hmm. So when she goes to write down answers, an accommodation that they've been doing at home is that mom scribes mm-hmm. and the child speaks and she communicates that to her teachers. And that alone is huge yeah. information. Oh, like that sure. in itself is just so wonderful to know about a child because yeah. then you're not guessing and yeah. then like trying to figure it out yeah. for months or and like months trying and trying different things whatever it might be yeah. but I think this is important for those parents out there to recognize it when they're young so that your teacher your student's teacher your child's teacher should help them in each grade level just yes. right off the bat I know that he struggles with organization great let's put this into place right. week two well, and then she also has like this listener has identified that her children struggle with EF mm-hmm. and she um, gave me an Instagram account called the Childhood Collective, mm. which is a guide. Let's see. This is a page that I follow for EF and ADHD mm-hmm. guidance. So I followed it. So oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to see what it brings. But I mean, just the more that we know about EF mm-hmm. and the things that we can do to help support students with like low executive functioning skills, the better because we're going to reach those students that like we didn't know how to reach before or at least that I didn't know how to reach before. And for me, it's also like a matter of knowing that brains function so differently. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was just talking about this with someone the other day that like, I mean, we were talking more on like the crime aspect, like the, like serial killers like those type of brains totally there's there's just a missing piece thing yeah something is missing different it's wired differently whatever it might be but for me as a teacher it's really I mean so many different learners and you really have to understand that everybody's brain works so differently and I struggle because I know how my brain works mostly and I'm like why doesn't your brain work the same as my brain and I just have to like come to terms with the fact that everybody has different brains and we all function so (laughs) differently and not not to do this whole rabbit hole thing (laughs) but I'm gonna do it just for a hot second go for it but it's just like (sighs) society does not realize like we are every single day trying to accommodate students 30 students at like a minimum, right? Yep. With different abilities and different brains and just 
trying to match all of these things and we work our behinds yeah. off and it's like this student needs this visual cue but then yes, this student needs, needs this, this checklist this checklist on their desk and i if they you need to make, if they that meet student. that one then they have to get this and it's, yeah. it is it's a lot and it's not even students like that necessarily have paperwork it's Mm-mm. just your general population because that's normal yeah. it's normal to have different needs mm-hmm. and it's normal to like just yeah need different things I have to take I have to think about my lesson and I have to say hmm do I have something visual for this part do I have something written for this part do I have an auditory piece right can I make this kinesthetic yeah can I make this easier for this child but also more challenging for this child I know that's for me that's the hardest part in math I didn't do it it as much this year and I wish I would have but I did have some really really high students the year before Mm -hmm. and I remember I had to basically be like well this lesson's going to be far too easy for them Mm -hmm. so I had to go find supplemental materials for them to sit back at my desk to see if it was challenging enough for them Mm -hmm. but also not too challenging to where they need my help with it because (laughs) I'm teaching so it's it is like for those of you that aren't teachers like to understand all the aspects that go into one lesson yeah and we teach how many lessons daily and multiple different subjects six or seven subjects insane yeah, but for those of you that are teachers, know darn well how challenging it yeah. is and how much work it is. It I mean, you me you had to learn when you were lesson planning. You had to come up with three Differentiation. three differentiations per mm-hmm. input. So instructional input, you had to come up with. If I have a student with ADHD, right. which I call BS because uh, it's there ridiculous. is no way that you can differentiate for a child that doesn't exist. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hate that they make us do that I because I'm like, that. A, you have no idea what the needs are in that mm-hmm. classroom. B, like you cannot each generalize. child is an individual. You like, cannot generalize no. ADHD. Just because a child has ADHD doesn't mean that this one accommodation is yeah. going to work or this and I had one to, like, method. A student with autism, I would do this for yes. them. It's yep. like, no, yep. you cannot no. generalize. Like, I know you think you're helping. I know. But you're not. <laughs> It's more, I just, this is not going to serve all of my students. I can guarantee you if I plugged in my lessons verbatim Mm -hmm. from college, it would be a fat joke. Oh yeah. A fat joke. I just remember I had to do, I mean, I had to do lessons for like kindergartners and it was like, when, when they hear this sound in the book, they're going to raise their hands. Yeah. That's mm, no, (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) Or it's like, well, I'll give like this assignment and if, this is true. like you know what I mean yeah. like you're like I'm gonna make this more challenging by doing this and I'm gonna show this visual and I'm gonna yeah. do it like it really teaching a is joke. a craft that you have to do in order yeah. to learn it's yes, so hard yes 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 you need exposure you need exposure yeah. I and I will say it you have I just you have to be a TA you have to be a TA yeah. you have to be in the classroom yeah. you're not in charge of a classroom but like no. see it be in it be yeah. exposed exposed to it to understand what a classroom looks like, how it yeah. should sound. I mean, that's why they do uh, mentorships and things like that. But I still think it should be a full year. You need yes. a full year of seeing a teacher teach. Yes. And seeing classroom management and the do's and don'ts. And ugh. and hopefully a great teacher at that. You know, a that's great teacher who loves their job. Do not throw me with a mentor who's about to retire and hates children. Yes. And what's sad is both you and I, we came from two separate colleges mm-hmm. and yet had the same yeah. this same occurrence of the teacher trying to convince us to get out of the profession yeah. while we were still yep. able to. And I just thought that was absolute garbage. Yeah. 
Like how, how me, dare you? Give me a person who wants to be a teacher and I will convince yes. them to continue to be oh a teacher. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Send us all of the student teachers. Yes. That's why I'm so grateful that I have one coming into this next year. Mm-hmm. Like I hope that she stays forever because like I'm just so passionate about our yeah. school and about what we do. And yeah, I mean, it's just really sad to see that student teachers are are far and few between and yep. colleges are shutting down like pay us more period pay us more put more trust into education like obviously that's going to be a conversation here in the future that we're going to have because mm-hmm. I'm reading that book um and teachers we trust yeah and it's just like and I also want to read we, I'm my next book I think I decided is going to be the global achievement gap oh that's going to be gnarly yeah. I can't wait for you to read that yeah just because the knowledge gap in itself oh, was so eye-opening and these are I mean they're two different authors but to think of like the knowledge gap in general and then like a global achievement gap. I almost think I am going to be angry afterward. I was angry after the knowledge gap. True. Because you look at how we're failing our students yeah. and it just feels like you can't like, w- like what can I do? Well, and it's frustrating because at our school, I believe that we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're teaching the history and science. We're doing the darn thing where yeah. it's like not everyone has the, honor and privilege of doing yeah. what we do the way that we do it and I it's oh it sucks because I know of teachers like I just I had a friend who's quitting this school mm. because of all the horrible things that are going on like the fact in her interview they lied and told her that they had um two specials a day but they have two specials a week how can you do that right? how is that legal I yeah there it's a charter and mm. they and the principal of the charter is on the board and like makes decisions darn well and, like, they like skimp people I don't know and it's so hard because I'm like mm. that is one person that I know that is experiencing that how many I cannot are. think of the thousands of schools around the country and the world well maybe not the world maybe just in our country I don't know in the United States in the United sure. States but it's just it's so hard to comprehend that it's like I am going to do my best every year to change 30 lives mm-hmm. but but when you think of the world and the you think scheme. of you just you're like oh my gosh I feel helpless almost yeah, yeah. but then I want to stay positive and be like well I'm here for these kids at least and we're I'm, changing 30 at least I can do this yep at least I can do this I know and that's like again why we started this podcast yeah and somehow I ended up back on stinking teachers quit talk oh, I'm so sick of like it popping up again. which like I trust me I get it like yeah. I understand why you're quitting after the school year like things are ridiculous Mm -hmm. right now but like let's get together instead of like I don't know just all the hatred like let's let's be proactive like Mm -hmm. let's put this fuel into the fire and make change instead of like do something let's not dwell and convince everyone to go elsewhere like let's come together as a collective team Mm -hmm. and get stuff done and that's where it's too it's like sometimes I'm like wow if I could just move to another country like dip out be like peace out everybody yep gone but then at the same time then we learn about like we teach our students about the constitution and the rights that we have as American citizens and how proud we should be to be Americans but then I'm like it's so hard for me to be proud of a country sometimes that is 
heading the way it is but then at the same time I'm like I am proud where I live but we have great foundation yeah we have the foundation we're not executing it exactly we are not taking our constitution at what it's worth Uh and we are totally missing the mark I know and then politics get involved and then it's and money gets involved oh money don't even I know I know I know well I saw like a statistic that it costs like two million dollars to become president and I'm like oh what yeah I I know as I'm reading this Finland book I'm like do you know what it's taking me to not move to Finland right now like yeah and to be in like a happy place pretty much a place where people actually trust you and your profession like, and what you're doing trust each other tr- yes. like have trust in their in their community and whatever mm-hmm. and like I just feel like we're at a place where like I don't know if I can trust my government I, to make the right choices no, I, yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. It's, it's horrifying it is hard we went way far off from impulse, impulse control, so I apologize, everybody. <laughs> that it's was like, one chapter. That's the stuff that gets me fired up. Oh, yeah. Fired up. We could talk about it all day long. Dude, we should have an entire episode. We should just like not plan anything and just, just like talk. go and see where it takes <laughs> have us. Have a cup of coffee. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, honestly. I'm in. I'm I in. I just see what we... what I But I feel like it'll probably be very similar things that we've already talked about a million and one times, but... Yeah, but it needs to be said. Like, people need to hear it. People need to hear the voices of teachers. I'm going to say it once an episode. It's our new mission. It's our new mission. Let us hear from you. Speaking of hearing from us, I guess we can close it out. Let's probably do that, yeah. (laughs) It's probably time. All right, well, (laughs) if you have things to say and you want to have your voice heard or what have you, reach out to us, DM us, uh, teachers underscore talk underscore podcast is one place. Mm -hmm. You can also send us an email. We are always looking for teacher tales just to, like Taylor said, hear from you all, but also hear some funny positive stories that you all have because I know that there is a ton out there. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, you can do those at teacherstalkpod at gmail.com and we need our positives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> is it my turn to go first? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, My positive is um, eating breakfast with Anna. That nice. was really nice. That was I haven't seen her in a nice. while, so that was refreshing. Yeah. Um, And then I leave for Italy in three days, four days, oh, something like that. So I'm just like, you. and obviously by the time this airs, I will be gone. Yeah. Henceforth why we did this early, yep. but I am just, it's David's first time to Europe. So I think like oh. that for me is just so yeah. exciting and refreshing. And I think he's going to love it. Oh, and I yeah. can't wait to show him like nerd out oh, hard because yeah. we're starting in Rome and then from Rome we'll go to Tuscany and stuff. But mm-hmm. like just to see, the culture and the history and just everything that Italy brings with it. I'm just very, very grateful that not only do I get to experience it again, but he gets to experience it for the first time and I get to watch that happen. So that's me. My positive is that I booked our honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. We're going to go to Bora Bora, which is, I always said my like both of us, we, we wanted to go somewhere tropical. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go to Bora Bora. And I said, my one thing I want for my honeymoon is an overwater bungalow. That's all I wanted. Yes. That's all I wanted. And we got that. So I'm really, really excited about it. You good? Do yeah, you know? no, my microphone's just like moving. Oh, I yeah, thought no, you said something. No, no. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> You're going to love it. I just oh, can't wait. Yeah. It can't come soon enough. And all this wedding planning is just getting me too excited. And I just like want to be in my dress and walk down the aisle. See, I'm so glad that 
for you it's exciting like I I hope that it continues to be like that yeah. for you and I know it will be like I think it will I think it's nice especially talking to Anna this morning because she just got engaged yeah. it's nice because we are paying for ourselves mm-hmm. which means we get the say and whatever yes. we want yeah aside from a little bit of help we're getting which we are so grateful for mm-hmm. um but Okay, and <laughs> on that note, we're going to peace out yeah. for the afternoon. Thanks, guys. See you next week with something freaky freaky fresh. Are you going to do that every time now? Something like that. Uh-huh. I had to change it from like freaky fresh to freaky freaky fresh. Oh, okay, but just like, always it's going to be fresh. something fresh. Yeah, fresh right. and clean and unless you can think of another adjective for or a synonym for fresh. Or we'll just, hey, guys, we'll hear from, we'll, you'll hear from us <laughs> next week. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. Me.